Listen to insights on how conversational messaging is changing the way businesses and their customers engage. Join Gupshup CEO Berud and VP for Marketing Srini and an array of guests for conversations about conversations. This is the Gupshup Conversational Messaging Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Conversational Messaging Podcast brought to you by Gupshap. As always, uh, Srini and Birut here. We bring uh, a new topic uh, every week and this week uh, the topic is conversational AI. And some of you, our listeners, may have heard about this. It's it's a pretty hot topic. It's There's a lot of buzz around it. And just to set it up, I think it's a kind of a holy grail for technology in general where you know humans have sort of had to learn machine languages and programming languages to interact with computers and and phones. But at the same time, these machines are also being taught to really interpret what human beings are trying to say or what they're trying to talk or what they're trying to type. And I think a key enabler of that end capability is conversational AI. So Birudh, let me ask you first, I know uh, you've, you've written a lot about this on how this whole machine to human interaction how it has been changing over the last uh, 20 to 30 years. So how do you see that transformation taking place and what's the role of conversational AI uh, in that? And in that process, maybe you can also sort of demystify this whole heavy term for our listeners. Sure. Well, I think as we've we've discussed in an earlier podcast episode, I think on the big screen, human-computer interfaces have been evolving over the last few decades. It was desktop in the mid 80s, went to the web sort of in the to the in the mid 90s. It went from sort of this client side metaphor to a server side framework where you use a browser to visit websites on the server side. And then on the small screen, again, we are in this similar transition where we started with mobile apps, which are client side experiences, and now moving to chatbots and conversational experiences. So, and you use the messaging app, which is analogous to the browser to go interact with different chatbots, which are sort of an analogous to a, to a website, right? So, so as that's happening, basically the net effect of this is for a consumer, it's as easy to chat with the business as it is to chat with a friend, right? So if you have any questions, you know, uh, you want to deal and offer, you want to buy something, you have a question, you want to report a problem, fix anything, you, re- you know, consumers should simply be able to engage in a chat conversation and be able to resolve it. Now, when you look at conversational experiences, right, there are uh, very broadly speaking, two kinds, right? You can have a structured conversational experience and many of the listeners would be familiar with, you know, you've seen messages with quick replies that they give you an option, right? For, for example, you know, which size do you want? Small, medium, large. And then you click on, you know, small, let's say, and then it asks you, what color do you want? Blue, green, or red, right? And so on. There could be multiple options. So you could have a carousel, you could have uh, some structured elements that you can interact with, right? Now here, it's a, it's a, this is a structured conversation which uh, can be programmed with a, with a very straightforward uh, menu-driven kind of flow, right? It's like a flowchart of a conversation and you're going from one step to another and uh, it, can, it can be linked together in, in that sense. And you can do this without needing any AI per se, right? But the other kind of conversations are the unstructured conversations. Unstructured are sort of, you know, complete freestyle, natural language conversation where the user can phrase their query, 
uh, in sort of literally any any form, right? And they do it on their own without any prompting. So when a user phrases a, a, a query in, in sort of natural language, as we know, right, humans, you take 10 people, they'll have 10 different ways of asking the same question and, you know, in different ways. And uh, that's where you need artificial intelligence. You need, in particular, this field called natural language understanding or natural language processing, NLP, to, to really understand the user query, right? So the, the chatbot, the software needs to understand the user query. What are they trying to ask? Like what's called the intent. You need to extract the intent of the query. Are they trying to open an account, cancel an account, refund an item, you know, and, and so on, right? So you would have to figure out the intent and then also figure out the entities around it, right? So for example, they're trying to book a flight and then from which city to which city and so on, right? And in a naturally, uh, in a sort of naturally phrased language, you know, in a query like that, it can be sort of a complex challenge, right? And AI, it needs a lot of advanced AI techniques to figure that out. So anyway, that's sort of conversational AI. It's a set of technologies that help software chatbots understand human queries. And then, of course, you know, provide a response uh, with, with the right information requested. But, but that response is not possible unless you really understand the query for which you need conversational AI. Great. Thanks for that uh, explanation, Birut. And while uh, usually on most episodes, it's uh, you and me talking, I want to welcome a very special guest. To all our listeners, I want to welcome uh, Niyati to the show. And uh, Niyati is at Gupshup. She heads product management for all AI suite of products. And she's worked for many years uh, for companies where AI has been, has been at the core of product development and innovation. So first of all, Niyati, welcome to the show. Thanks, Rini. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, uh, that's great. And I mean, you heard Birut giving us that uh, that context of how this whole space has evolved. How do you see conversational AI today in terms of the here and the now based on your experience of working across all these companies? Uh, so when we talk about conversational AI, it's uh, in one liner, it's basically me or a human talking to a machine. And everything that we talk about in that context where let's say I need a more personalized approach or I need the machine to do something for me, that's all encapsulated together. So it's on the same lines where, you know, I can manage my funds on my own. I can manage my finances on my own, but I still need a personal advisor, a personal finance person who can just talk or listen to my queries and understand me in length. And it's the same case with conversational AI. On one hand, it's, of course, solving my problems, but it's giving me that personalized approach to understand everything that I mean and everything that I've done in the past and also understand what I'm here for to solve my issue. And uh, I, I see it in the same context. So when I talk about, let's say, a conversational AI approach, of course, it means NLP, it means machine learning, it means semantic analysis and everything on those lines. But it also means uh, language understanding. It means a multilingual approach where I say something in some other language and the bot can understand. And it also means a more real time contextual understanding as well, which is not just, you know, what I'm saying here, it also means what's the time of the day, what, is, what date it is, what conversational history I've had, what is the tone in which I'm talking, what is my, you know, getting to depths of intense entities, sentence structures, and I think all of that in that context. And maybe it could also mean where 
I'm talking on one channel and I can have the same conversation leaned upon in another channel or in another context. So everything encapsulated together, that's what conversational AI is today. And that's what we are building. We are trying to not replace humans, but I think we are trying to have a more human-like conversation, but yet have the power of automation and intelligence that a machine could have. So yeah, it's the perfect mix, according to me. Yeah, that's well put. So I have a follow-up question for you in terms of, so this capability sounds like it is fairly universal. So, I mean, can you just spend some time talking to us about how this space has evolved over time? Like I, I from whatever I have seen that you have like lots of companies that are specializing in conversational AI applied to a particular problem, like a marketing problem or a customer support problem. And there are certain companies that are sort of just building platforms uh, that others can plug into and use. So how, how have you seen these different segments uh, come up in the last few years as the, the whole market has grown? You know, honestly, I start with, uh, or let's say I started with the approach where we used to go to people and tell them, okay, there is a chatbot where you can talk and there's a robot-like structure on the other end, which can reply and give replies to your answers. It started from the very basic approach of a FAQ or a customer support. And there was a hard time where people did not understand AI. They thought it was magic. If it is able to answer my query, it can do anything. I can talk about, you know, when do I get to a girlfriend and, you know, what's the temperature like and the bots will be able to understand anything and everything. That happened with, of course, uh, how Google Home, Alexa, all those devices uh, evolved. We moved into a more uh, calculative approach and I think the audiences have also been trained now and they've evolved. Their thinking has uh, evolved. And now it's an audience where you talk about the chatbot and they understand that it's not just AI, it's about the use case as well. So you're there on an assistant and you want to solve your issue. That's the first game changer. How you're able to solve your issue, that comes next. So of course, AI is important. No bot can be built without NLP approaches or AI technologies, but the first and foremost thing that the chatbot does is to solve your queries. So it started from, of course, the most basic thing that everybody wanted to talk about, customer support, that became the low-hanging fruit that uh, you know everybody could achieve because it's those FAQs, there, there are pre-trained questions. People found out a pattern that there are a set of questions that everybody asks and everybody needs answers to, and that can reduce the effort on their customer support agents or, you know, kind of optimize their costs. So it started from there, of course, which is a good nascent technology. And then, you know, as the growth and as the availability grew, as the need grew, people realized that there are other technologies or other verticals that can also be kind of utilized. For example, marketing became a one-man show. I, I remember in my company, we created a marketing suit because when you talk about marketing, it's not just sending out one message and people see that message, they view that message and they do what they want to do. It has to be personalized. You want to send out the right kind of message. So, you know, it's, it's more on the lines of, let's say, a reactive and a proactive technique. While on one hand, your chatbot, you send out a message and gives a reply. On the other hand, it also has to be very proactive, meaning I can send you the right kind of message that you want to see or you want to hear about. 
So that became the essence of the marketing chatbot and the whole marketing automation flew into, you know, uh, small things like abandoned carts or let's say small things like I've not been active on this board for about 10 days and that becomes a pattern for a chatbot to send me a message or a virtual agent to understand that pattern and engage me in a meaningful conversation. And while that happened, you know, the other streams also realized that when marketing can do this, of course, sales can do this, the commerce part can do this. Um, they can kind of pre-qualify their leads. They can collect relevant information from them and then kind of qualify what and who would be more likely to get or buy your product. So that became essential part as well. And after that, of course, if you're selling, then there is upselling. If you sold a catch up to a person, you would try to sell Maggie as well. So that became like uh, upselling product recommendations and all of that came through. Now, this was all happening in D2C, direct to consumer. People also realized that, you know, while this is happening, this is good. Why don't I use this uh, conversational AI concept with internal processes or let's say HR processes, IDSM processes, because the agenda was still same. There was a human talking to a machine. Now that human could be your consumer or it could be an internal employee. Both of them did the same things. They wanted to solve an issue. And then over and above, what I also see these days is um, internal processes talking to each other. There is where you know we talk about one bot talking to the other bot, because if you've created a bot with a person of human, of course, that human can talk to other humans. So it's evolving. It's a it's a new concept. And I think when these concepts are growing on one end, the channels are also growing. So people are moving into voice enabled words. They are moving into speech to text and text to speech and, you know, all of that. Yeah, it's a it's a interesting field. I'd say a lot is happening. That, that's truly exciting. And and Virud, I think just picking off on what Niyati said, conversational AI sort of conjures up images of something that exists deep within a network or deep within a software system working its magic. But I think a lot of people don't realize that uh, there is uh, uh, AI, conversational AI working on devices that we use every day. Like, for example, a mobile phone also has these elements playing out. So, you know, can you talk, talk to us a little bit about how it's actually moving into the, the client side as well, apart from the, the service side, like on mobile devices? Yeah, I think, you know, and this is something Gapship has some very unique experience in because any of the users have been using either Xiaomi or OnePlus devices, then they might have seen Gapship's on-device AI technology at work. So uh, what we have done, you're right, most AI is developed on the, on the server side because, you know, it takes a lot of cloud computing resources uh, to, to build models and to run models and so on. And it's very hard to shrink them enough and scale them onto the device, uh, you know, and actually run it on the device uh, with, with the limited power and the limited uh, resources available on the device. Uh, but we've been able to do that, right? And what we did was uh, develop some AI models and software that could look at incoming messages, in this case, SMS messages arriving in the inbox. And it would automatically classify those messages into categories and subcategories. So, for example, this is a banking message. Within banking, it's a deposit, credit or a deposit, uh, you know, credit or debit message. And then within a credit 
right? It could be into a savings account or into a loan account or something, right? So it sort of figures that out and it does the categorization first, the classification of message. And secondly, it extracts the key entities, right? For example, what was the amount and which account did it come out of and then displays it, uh, it does visualization, right? So we've developed these AI models for classification and visualization that run entirely on the smartphone device, right? Inside the messaging app and sort of leveraging the same sort of natural language uh, processing capabilities and conversational AI capabilities to really understand the message, the intent of it, right? And these are just freestyle, uh, these are uh, human scripted uh, SMS messages that are automatically classified and visualized, visualized accordingly. So, uh, and I think it, like I mentioned earlier, not only is that an AI challenge, but it's also a technical challenge to to shrink it, to make it work uh, on, on the device, not in the cloud. And the reason to run it on the device is primarily because of, you know, user privacy and security, right? Uh, you, these messages have to be classified and visualized right on the device. You cannot send it to the server side because that would defeat the whole, you know, issue, uh, they, would, they would cause a huge user privacy issue and so on. So there are many benefits by, and, and these are literally the first applications, but you can go further, you know, it could automate certain actions, right? Like maybe any bills that come in, so long as it's within a certain reasonable amount, maybe paid automatically or reply to certain messages automatically, right? So imagine at some point you could have on-device chatbots, right? Things that work just on the on the device uh, that could enable some very powerful and rich capabilities. So, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, doing sort of AI on the edge, right, on, on the device is uh, is another uh, sort of frontier to, for AI to have, for conversational AI to have huge impact. Well, that's a great point. And I think as these technologies proliferate, we're going to be putting them in the hands of more and more people. And that brings me to another related point on, you know, any technology for it to sort of gain a critical mass has to be democratized so that a lot, many people, irrespective of how mature they are or how knowledgeable they are, or companies, irrespective of how mature or knowledgeable they are in, 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 the, in the field, can, can use it and sort of plug into it. So NLP, for instance, I think, uh, you know, are, are, is, there, is it possible today, for Niyati, for example, for a company that is... Uh, that doesn't have you know AI engineers or let's say experts like you working for them. Uh, is it possible for them to sort of plug into already available libraries or uh, capabilities? Let's say they're building out a bot and they want to add an NLP capability. Uh, what what options do they have? Like what what can they do? That's I think the exact vision with which we're also working here because, for example, you know a restaurant owner. Is supposed to cook food and you know take care of his business they should not be concerned about uh, what's happening on the ai end or what can be done with chatbots or what can be done with virtual agents so we are here to solve that particular problem so we enable everybody who you know these business users and anybody who comes to us brands to leverage the ai tools yet having that simplicity that anybody from, let's say, a developer to somebody who's coming from a marketing background and does not understand how to and, you know, how to use an API can enable our tools to make sure that they are also able to leverage the same kind of automation for their clients. 
So we have uh, predefined templates, for example, these uh, templates are industry specific, they are use case specific, they also target to different personas of chatbots. And the reason we have these is so that it can be a plug and play application. Somebody needs to just click on one button and click on a few buttons and they have an automation suit ready for them. Similarly, you know, like, uh, we're also talking about device AI, or we're talking about simplicity in which use cases have that uh, patterns enabled. Again, you know, if you, let's say, 80% or 90% of your business use cases, whether it be a bank or whether it be an e-commerce site or whether it be any business in this world, have repetitive processes. So we are kind of automating them and we are providing tools so that this becomes a mundane task for you. It becomes something which you do not need to go to your IT team to implement that. So the heavy loading is something that we'll carry out at our end and it will become a GUI based experience or it will become a five minutes job for you to come and tell us what you need to do and we'll manage the rest because it's not that simple, you know, anybody can create a bot for sure, but uh, to have that customer experience or to provide the right set of automation to your customers can be difficult. You know, as a simple example, uh, you know, we talk about IVRs, you know, you talk to an IVR and there are one, two, three, four, five options. The first time it is, it's very interesting for you to press on first button and then on the second button and the third button. But the next time you visit an IVR, you want that process to be automated. You know exactly one, two, three, four is the code I want to use and I want to talk to a customer support agent. So that whole process where things are different for different kinds of audiences is not something that we need our businesses to worry about. That's something that we'll, uh, you know, we'll have it uh, simplified for you and that's the essence of the platform and the various tools that we're building on top of it so we have our low-code platform we have a no-code platform we have industry templates we have a scripting tool where everything that you want to do every kind of automation that you want to achieve can be done over a conversational or over a limited set of uh, intelligence that you'd like to have on the AI, NLP, NLU, sentiment analysis, and you know all those AI tools that we talk about so heavily. Right. No, that's great. I think it uh, sort of goes a long way in helping uh, companies, like I said, across the maturity spectrum to adopt AI and, and to sort of plug in NLP to, to what they're doing. So in, in closing thoughts, uh, Birut, coming back to you, like how do you see the proliferation of conversational AI, especially in the area of uh, messaging, as we, as we see a lot of businesses sort of wanting to converse with their customers on messaging channels? So where do you see the next couple of years uh, with this technology? How is it going to drive messaging? I think, um, you know, it's an exciting time because the state of the art in AI has improved dramatically over the last couple of years, uh, especially around natural language processing. Okay. Uh, there are these, uh, there's a lot of advanced academic research to create new language models uh, that you can use as a starting point and fine tune it for a specific domain or for a specific purpose. Right. So the AI technology, conversational AI technology is already pretty good. Uh, the last remaining bit is to fine-tune it to specific domains and to sort of tie it into chatbots and roll it out. 
and I think that I don't, I don't, I do not expect it to take a long time, right? It should happen. So certainly within the next year or two, you're going to see very rapid proliferation of conversational AI into these chatbots that can mimic human-style, you know, natural language conversations. And I think that will be a really powerful opportunity. So I see it proliferating across a lot of businesses and brands. And, you know, uh, just like Amazon Alexa and so on are very popular, already, you're going to have every business, every brand, you know, building their own Alexa, if you will. <laughs> yeah. so we may, you know, as consumers, we will all be talking to having conversations with, with brands. And, yeah. you know, quite possibly we may all have more sort of uh, AI friends than human friends. <laughs> yeah. just having so much conversation with all of them, having too much fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I look forward to living in that world. It'll be interesting for sure. So uh, thanks always. Thank you, Birud. And uh, special thanks to Niyati. Uh, thanks for sharing your views. And uh, to our listeners, we will join you next week with another episode and uh, possibly another special guest. Thank you for your time today. And thanks to both of you. <laughs>